Good morning, dwellers of earth. Glad to have you back on another day listening to me. My name is Isaiah Aneni. I am your host. This is the Game Time Gazette. Let's just get right into it. I want to start with the first topic of the day, and it is the whole Doc Rivers and Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, that whole saga, that whole drama. We've reached we've reached that point in the season where we're entering the, you know, different alternate alternate realities of the NBA where we're getting beef from where we're getting beef from JJ Reddick and Doc Rivers. I did not expect to to be seeing this as I entered my week. I did not expect this beef to be the beef that that's happening as I entered my my week. And you know, I know that Doc Rivers didn't respond yet or anything. It's not like an official beef, but I mean, JJ Reddick went on first take and he was talking about, oh, this and that. Doc Rivers hasn't been accountable uh, all these years, this and that. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I I hear what JJ is saying. Man, Doc hasn't won since 08 and he's been getting job after job after job from like some of the, uh, on some of the best organization uh some of the best uh teams not not just organizations some of the best like built teams i mean that lob city clippers then from the lob city clippers went to the philadelphia 76ers philadelphia 76ers now he's on the milwaukee bucks and i mean lob city clippers had you know two superstars blake griffin chris paul the philadelphia 76ers had um you know Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons was, you know, superstar status, I guess, you know, hovering there before that whole first first year or probably was the second year where he just lost his confidence. But hey, Doc coached him too. Doc coached him too. Couldn't win with that team as well. Went to, and now he's in Milwaukee. And then the first, I don't know, let's, let's say first, this has been first 10 games. They're three and seven. They haven't looked good. Doc Rivers has come out and, He's given some questionable, questionable quotes. Quotes like, first he like the first thing was that uh, the the one the most questionable quote that I have seen from Doc Rivers in these last few days was, I mean, he said that he asked the owners when they fired Adrian Griffin. He told them he doesn't understand why they did it, and he asked why did they do it, and they said their response, even though it was a big tweet, probably didn't get all the information. The response was. Who, it, it doesn't matter now. Like, we just got to keep moving. Something like that. Along those lines, like, it doesn't matter why we did it. Just got to continue moving. And just alarming. <laughs> Some alarming things. I mean, he also said how uh, he got the job on their on their hardest 10-game stretch. You know, so, like, he uh, probably wasn't prepared for that, this and that. And it's just, like, just alarming quotes. One thing I, you know, obviously I can't give too much advice to, uh, uh, you know, he's a decorated NBA coach. He's had a lot of jobs. So he should know that he should not be saying all of these things. He should know that all of these things are fuel to the fire for the media, for fans, to just bash on the Milwaukee Bucks and Doc Rivers. I mean, I don't know where he thought this would be a, you know, something that's constructive or something that's helpful to say to him or the team. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand why he would ever think that this is, it was the most confusing thing ever because you're telling everybody one, you weren't prepared for the job when you got it. I mean, and you didn't get the guys prepared properly. I mean, you know, you could say, yeah, it's three and seven to start out. I, You could have just, you know, I understand the whole 
it was the hardest stretch of the season up until this point. Uh, you know, going on the road for a, a few of those 10 games, most of those 10 games, and, you know, it, it is a hard stretch of the season. Nobody's seeing that, but nobody wants to hear any excuses. This is sports. This is sports. You got to get it done. I mean, you picked up the job. There is nothing else you can say other than you got to get it done. No excuses are meant to be brought out from Doc Rivers. And, you know, all these quotes that he's bringing out is just excuse after excuse. And it's like, we don't want to be hearing that, especially you from you, Doc. Philadelphia it was Ben's fault. It was Ben's fault that he didn't, he didn't, I mean, it's true though. Ben was, you know, if he did shoot that shot, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe they, maybe they give a run, you know, maybe they give Milwaukee a run for their money that year. You know what I'm saying? If Ben had more confidence, maybe they give Milwaukee a run for their money that year. But all in all, we can't sit here and act like coaches don't put players in the best positions to win, you know, and we can't sit here and act like, you know, we haven't seen other Ben Simmons of the world. We haven't seen like, you know, J.R. Smith pulled out the ball on LeBron James back in 2016 or not, was it not, 20, not 2018, right? Still, I mean, it wasn't with the same team, but still able to win a few years later. You know what I'm saying? And it's still, he, he still made it to the finals the next year as well. You know, I mean, no, he didn't make it to the finals the next year. He left Cleveland and then he made it to the finals a few years later. But still get my point that like Doc Rivers is riding this, 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 you know, 2008 ring aura. I mean, it's feeding generations. It's fed generations. That one ring has fed generation after generation for Doc Rivers because he hasn't done much after that. You know, he has a few winning regular seasons, but we have, we've seen him have super team after super team. Even if you don't want to label it a super team, they were some great teams, bro. The Philadelphia team that he lost to the Boston Celtics last year, James Harden and, uh, and Joel Embiid. You know, and the whole thing about you just, you got to be able to get it done. As a coach, you got to be able to find a way to get it done because he wasn't able to get it done with Chris Paul and Blake, wasn't able to get it done with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and then wasn't able to get it done with Joel Embiid and uh, and, and uh, James Harden. And that whole thing, I, I know James Harden's, a, a, you know, kind of a drama queen in his own right as well, you know, being where, where you know, from team to team. Just has a lot of, a lot of drama follows James Harden as well. But, but we can't act like, you know, Doc Rivers hasn't had teams, you know, after team after team to prove himself again. So, you know, getting another great team with superstars on the team. You got Dame and Giannis. This is one of the top five, if not top three teams in the league, period. At most, they're top five. At most. You got an MVP candidate in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Top three MVP candidate. Some might argue with that. We'll talk about that in another pod. But some might argue with that. About him being top three. But he's still top five at most. These type of excuses cannot be leaving your mouth if you're Doc Rivers talking about we reached the hardest stage, you know, and it, it was just tough, this and that. Gotta be able to find a way to get it done. Because this is some... 
for Doc, if it was a different type of coach, maybe given. But for Doc, you gotta be able to find it, find a way to get it done. It's been consistent year after year, and we wonder how he. Me personally, I personally, if you guys go back listen to the pod, I personally questioned this. You know, last week I was saying, why? Like I don't understand it. Adrian Griffin, like he had a great uh, uh, record. They were second or first in the East, I believe. They were top two in the East. They're still top three in the East, but, you know, they were 32 and 13, something like that, along those lines. Winning, like, it wasn't because, like, the the the, the decision to fire him midseason was very peculiar, you know? And I understand, I mean, Doc Rivers bringing it up as well, asking why would you fire him? Like, it's a valid question. Like, was there something going on with the locker room? I see why Doc Rivers would ask that. I don't know why he would tell the, me- the media that. I don't know why he would tell us that. I see why Doc Rivers would ask that because Adrian Griffin had a great re- record. And it seemed like the team was, even though defensively they're still lacking, they didn't have a lot of, you know, fans were saying, complaining about the defensive schemes and all of this and all of that. I mean, you're playing with Damian Lillard as your PG, man. Your, your defense is going to stink a little bit. A little bit. You know, but firing him was such a, it was such an out of nowhere thing that even I wondered, I was like, is this the right decision for them to do this? For honestly, the ownership jumping the gun, not only do they have to play three coaches at the same time, but this whole drama created mid-season, this whole unnecessary mid-season drama was created by the ownership. Because, and this is what drives superstars away. You see how Giannis Antetokounmpo has been talking about, okay, he wants to see if this organization is an organization of winners. Like, are you going to fill me in with winners, this and that? They went to go get Dame Dalla. But, I mean, you look at it all and it's like, it's not just about getting Dame Dalla. It's not just because the decisions that they're making, the, the behind the scenes, obviously us as fans, you know, maybe the, maybe the media gets a sneak peek into that, but us as fans definitely don't know what's going on back then, uh, back there with the organization, with the players. All we can do is speculate and wonder. So when Giannis comes out and says, okay, he wants to see if, the, like, you know, he, he's keeping his options open. Free agency is going to loom around for him soon, right? And he wants to see if the organization is, wants to win just as much as him. He wants to be in an You know, and you read into that now. Maybe if you read into that before and then it was about, oh, yeah, because they, they needed another guy. You know, Chris Middleton was kind of, you know, on his downfall after a few injuries that kind of, you know, altered Chris Middleton's career from being an all-star to kind of a role player. Obviously, he's obviously looking for help as well. Yeah, Giannis, that's obviously a cry, like saying, okay, uh, management got to go get me some help. But is it also saying that, like, he doesn't believe in the people up top to be able to win multiple championships? That he doesn't believe in the structure that they have there in Milwaukee? Because, like, this structure is the same structure that fired Adrian Griffin halfway into the season. The structure is the structure that get, I mean, Giannis has an immense amount of power in Milwaukee. I understand it. I hear it and I understand it. You know, and all the players in the NBA, like the superstar players, they have the immense amount of power in their franchise. But do I think that if Jason Tatum went into, uh, went into, uh, Stevens, uh, Brad Stevens, Brad Stevens' office, or went into the um, owner, the Celtics owner's office, and asked for Joe Mazzulla to get fired. 
you know, because he doesn't like this or that or this. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the conversation would go off the same. I think they, you know, obviously they'd listen to his opinion, but the, that decision isn't getting made because of the players. I mean, solely because of the player's feelings and what the player, like the, their star player feels like is right for the organization. Because even though the, the star player is a, you know, immense part of the organization, he is not the end all be all. And he is not the guy that probably knows the best thing for the organization. I don't know what went into getting Adrian Griffin fired. You know, who really does? Maybe Giannis did come out and say, da-da-da, you know, I don't want Adrian Griffin as the coach, this and that. Didn't didn't find, you know, the fit to fit. But it's all really weird, man. Like I said before, it's all really, really weird. And if the Bucks do not win, I'm like a lot of people are looking at Doc Rivers. Yeah, obviously, he won't get a head coaching job. He wasn't going to get one before this. That's the thing. People are looking at it and saying, oh, he's not going to get a head coaching job after. I mean... I was surprised to see that he got this one. <laughs> you know, like I didn't expect Doc Rivers to get this one. So I'm not looking at it like, oh, Doc Rivers is he's not. He, hey, man, if they don't win, he's flat. He wasn't going to get one before this. He wasn't going to get one before this. And I was surprised that he did. He was surprised that he did, probably. Why would he turn down free money? Why would he do that? Who would do that? Tell me who would do that. But it's not even just about Doc Rivers. That's why I don't even feel like he has that much pressure in him because I don't think he even felt like he was going to come back to the league. He, was, he went to go over, went to go work at ESPN, you know. So I feel like the pressure is on the Bucks organization, man. Giannis has he he will leave if he doesn't like it there. Milwaukee's not a desirable city. I mean, or, or a state or whatever. It's not a desirable place for an NBA player to live. We've heard it all around the league. He wants to win championships, you know, and it's like, you even hear the stories about Milwaukee as a city, like the whole, like the, like how it is to live there. I mean, Giannis is probably different for him because he's famous and stuff and obviously won a championship. But hey, the living conditions there aren't the best for colored people, you know what I mean? So it's like, ah, it's it's all tough. It's all tough, honestly, man. It's all tough. When as the situation grows, we'll continue to cover it. Just some funny things going on in the NBA. Even seeing, um, you know, the uh, the whole thing. You know, Austin Rivers came back and defending his dad. This and that. Don't really have to. You know, obviously Austin Rivers will defend his dad, and he gave some valid points too. Where it's like, yeah, he's taking Doc Rivers has taken the responsibility because he's gotten fired from all these jobs. But it is true. Who like who is still giving this guy Docker raise all these opportunities, man? He has one championship. <laughs> but the other question you have to ask is how many NBA championship head coaches are out there too available to come out and they're still coaching? None. That's how many. There's no uh there's not uh any uh head head coach that's won an NBA championship that's not retired or doesn't have a job already. So Doc Rivers was the obvious call for them to make, right? Not a, we're, as the season goes on, we'll talk about it a lot more into depth, you know, as the team gets, you know, a lot more games under their belt. There's only about like 27, 28 games left in the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of it pans out for most of these teams. But we'll keep, like, you know what? I'll keep you updated here right on Game Time Gazette. 
it's going to be fun as we uh, keep following along. Uh, I wanted to move on to some quick F1 talks. Actually, before we move to the next topic, I wanted to talk about, you guys seen that? Uh, the Tyrese Halliburton talking about his draft and, you know, him sitting in the draft room and <laughs> Killian Hayes just getting an unnecessary stray on All-Star Weekend. It was, that was hilarious. I just wanted to bring it up. I don't know. You know, Detroit Pistons um, purgatory. Uh, you know, just thinking about all the last drafts and the few players they could have gotten, you know, like the, the, the actual in position to get some guys, you know, Halliburton, okay, could have changed the team for sure, but yeah, they would have gotten Cade the next year, you know, and then just looking at that organization as well, you know, it's like, whew, yeah, I don't know how you pass up on a, I mean, I, I I get how you Halliburton. He was he wasn't even given his medical to most teams as well, and he was telling teams not to take him. That right there would put your draw, uh, draft stock low, um, you know, because just that commitment issue uh, that teams have from you saying that like you know they don't know if you're committed enough this and that you're already choosing before you're even in the league, and he wasn't like a top top prospect even though he was a top top prospect he was. Uh, I mean, and like the point guard, he wasn't like the top point guard prospect, so he couldn't be telling, you know, teams that though, um, even though he was the top three point guard in the draft, you know, so it's the trade-off, it's the trade-off, and at the end of the day, he became a dog at the Pistons stick, and Killian Hayes hasn't turned out well, right, so that's the trade-off, that's the trade-off. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Champions League games that happened last night. Um, you know, we had a PSV against Dortmund 1-1. That was a good game. Should be a good second leg. Should get a few fireworks in there, even though, you know, there wasn't, a, you know, just a lot of chances missed in this, uh, opportunities missed in this matchup by both teams, by both teams, most honestly. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be one to see, one to see the, this that second leg. But that Inter Milan, and uh, Atletico Madrid matchup, oof, won nothing Inter Milan. Everybody's looking at Inter and saying they're one of the top four teams left in the in the competition. And honestly, I agree with that. Yeah, Inter, you got Inter, you got City, you got Arsenal, and you got Madrid. Those are the top four teams left right now, you know. And uh, with how they looked last night, Atletico looking kind of. They didn't look great. Atletico didn't look great in and out, right? And they didn't look good. And, yeah, I mean, Griezmann had a mid-performance. Uh, I expected a little bit more from Atletico Madrid, but they were away from home. Um, and even though the away rules, all of this doesn't matter anymore, away goals don't matter no more, I still expected them, you know, to find the back of the net, missed opportunities, yeah, just weren't they just weren't on the top of their game. It just is what it is with that, right? And yeah. Yeah. Today we got some we got some great matches though. Um, you know, we got Napoli versus Barcelona. I haven't seen the well the it's 1020 right now as I am filming this, so the lineups haven't come out yet. They come out uh, the game's around three or at three, not around three. This is in the NBA. This starts right on time. <laughs> it's not the league. It's not NBA. Yeah, so the game starts at three. So 
the lineups usually come out around 1, 12, 12, 1, 12, 30. So, um, but I'm, I'm predicting that uh, front three probably going to be, man, uh, Barca not having a reliable left wing hurts so much. And our best forward this year is a teenager, not just a teenager. The brother is 16 years old in his first season as a, like, as a, on the first team, 16 years of age, man. I, I, I'm not even exaggerating. It's not even that he's turning 17 this year. Ah, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad because we got Lewandowski up there. We got Lewandowski up there and he just has not been in form. I mean, he's been getting better and better as the games have got on. Able to score a brace in the previous game. We got a win, able to score a brace, but Yamaha has been carrying that front line for majority of the season, just with his movements, uh, his ability to beat his defender, uh, the one-on-one, -on -one, uh, his dribbling. Um, yeah, and now he's been able to add goals and assists into it as well, able to produce with the, the chances that he's creating. It's 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 been phenomenal to watch that kid Lamine Yamal play. But you can't expect a sixth. I mean, even the eight consecutive starts that we're giving him, Brother, he is 16 years of age. You got to put back in Rafinha there. I know I know what Xavi's trying to do, though. He's trying to develop him before he leaves. You know, I feel like Xavi really feels connected, like Coleman felt connected to, like, Gavi and Pedri. I feel like Xavi really feels like his legacy kind of tied with Lamine as well, right? Where it's like Xavi was the one that got Lamine out here, and he wants Lamine. Obviously, he wants everybody to be at the top of their game and be the best. But Lamine has like such high expectations from the fans and the media because of what he was able to do at such a young age. And there's only one other man that's able to like, and you know, really don't want to put that pressure on him. But yeah, they're the second coming of Messi. And it's been like this ever since, I mean, Ansu Fati got them same type of calls where they said he's the second coming of Messi, obviously injuries and stuff didn't pan out the way it was meant to pan out. But just looking at that, it's like, yeah, like I, Xavi definitely wants to push him to be his best, but you got to do it cautiously as well. Got to do it cautiously as well. But it's hard though because he's our best attacker. He's our best attacker. So starting him all these consecutive games is because we need him up front. But pre predicting it's probably going to be Gundogan. I seen that uh, Felix is available, but he's probably going to be coming off the bench as he's coming off an injury. So probably going to be Gundogan on the left, level in, in the middle. But it would be great if they put Roke on the left there, then Lewa in the middle, and then Yamal on the on the right. Ideally, what 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 we should be doing, and what I really want Barca to do this year, what uh, Shavi uh, to do today, we go Roke. Felix and Rafinha. See how that Rafinha and, and Roke, um, you know, connection works up at front. And then obviously we go with a four-man uh, four midfield. But you go Roke, Lewandowski, and Rafinha. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to talk more about the game tomorrow as well if, after we get the results and everything. Um, Barca hasn't scored a goal in the Champions League round of 16 since 2021, and the last one to score was Messi. But that's because we haven't been in the round of 16 for the past three years, so uh, for the past two years. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch my team play again in the, in the Champions League. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that more. I wanted to, before we leave today, I wanted to 
to talk about the Formula One practice, uh, not what well, testing session. Uh, today it started, uh, well, it started last night. Had to stay up a little late for that. That's why I'm a little, you could hear a little raspiness in my voice, a little tired, but we move. Yeah, it was uh, started at 2 a.m. I was just up there trying to see if the Merc, if, uh, if Mercedes finally gave Louis a car that he can compete with. Um, you know, and obviously we're, we're not going to know until, yeah, because everybody's sandbagging. But, the, I mean, as I said, it's uh, it's 10.25. Um, like 20 minutes ago, Max Verstappen came out and said it like he beat his his uh, previous lap and said it by eight tenths. And, and, and Red Bull don't have to sandbag. That's the scary thing about it as well. They don't have to do any of that. They don't have to sandbag at all. And for me, I just look at that and it scares me for this season. Are we going to get competitive races again? Last year, we've seen we were, we've seen the most uncompetitive season in probably all of sports. It was never that close. Max won like 95% of the races. The one race, the, the, the few races he didn't win, was Monaco. He didn't win Monaco, and that's because the car wasn't built for Monaco. And I forget the other. It's like he didn't win like two or three. It was the most dominant. That The, the Red Bull car was the most dominant race car ever built, the most dominant sports season ever had. Max Verstappen won like 95% of his races. And then like 90% of them, nobody was even close to him. And nobody could even compare this to the Merc days because the Merc days, at least you had, you know, battles with Bottas, battles with, you know, Rosenberg, uh, battles with, 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 with Hamilton. Hamilton would battle his, 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 his partners, his teammates. Perez didn't even battle Verstappen last year. It was Verstappen by himself at the front. You would watch the first 10 laps and then the next 50, 60, 70, like those laps are unwatchable because Verstappen is 10 seconds ahead of everybody else. I'm excited that this year they're scrapping all the regulations. They're going to get back to, going to get back to base next year. And I'm excited that uh, Lewis is going to Ferrari, all of that. Very exciting. But this year, it cannot be a wash. We have to see some battles. We have to see some races. And I would love to see Mercedes get another title with Louis before he goes to Ferrari. But if I'm being honest, I thought I had a lot of hope for the Merc. And then I, they might be sandbagging. They very well might be sandbagging because they, they kind of have to. Well, not kind of have to, but it's better for them to sandbag. Red Bull, they, they don't have to. Merck, not that it's looking slow. Porpoising is a little better. Looks like the balance on the car is a lot better as well. Um, like the, the, they put a new front wing. Merck put a new front wing there with a little bit dents in the front wing as well to help with the help with the down uh, down uh, you know downshifts uh, downforce, helping with the uh, just putting the air. In the right places in the ship, uh, uh, on the on the car, the aerodynamic features just making it uh, a little bit easier to just glide, you know, and be able to get a little bit more speed this year. It's gonna be interesting to see um, as the testing goes on, 
And as we get more information about all these cards, I'm going to just keep you guys updated as I always do. Really don't have much to say other than, you know, praying that Merck gave Louis a card to compete. I do not want to watch another year of even if it's okay. I, I'm praying that Ferrari gave Leclerc and signs a, a, a card to compete. Because we cannot watch another year because Perez is not going to do it. I don't know if it's confidence is just shot. Probably is with the way the, the, the you know, Red Bull executives just love sucking off Max and, you know, bringing off and then just, you know, bringing down Perez. His confidence might be shot for sure. But we didn't see him challenge Max at all last year. Gotta be Lewis. We know Lewis has the capabilities of doing that if he has the car. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm going to be excited. I'm, ex I'm excited. You know, F1 season finally starting to roll along. You know, we're going to start talking a little bit more baseball too. Baseball season starting to roll along too. We're going to get spring uh, spring training just now. It's going to be fun, man. You know, and it's playoffs for NHL, NBA. All those sports are coming up. Champions League finals. All those. We're going to get into the just the juicy part of sports just before the summer. So, you know, stay tuned with me, guys. I thank you. I mean, if you got to the end and if you're already listening at this point, leave a review. Tell me how I did. Tell me what I could do better. I want to hear from you guys. And, you know, even if you don't think that, you know, there's anything I could do better or worse, leave a review and tell me what you tell me what you thought about this uh, episode today. Tell me your thoughts about what I talked about today. You know, I want to hear from you guys. If you already got to the end, I appreciate you. And uh, why not? I mean. You know, I want to see what you guys think. Thank you so much for listening on another day. And as always, as I always say, I hope God answers every single one of the prayers you guys got out for yourselves. You know, stay ambitious, stay goal-driven, because that's how humans stay alive and happy. Have an amazing day. You're going to have some fun. I'm going to have some fun. This has been your host, Isaiah Anen.